Hello, I am Mary Ellen Harn of Capgemini, and welcome to the third podcast in our Back to the Future podcast series that we are doing with our colleagues at Microfocus. We're focusing on topics that involve tomorrow's quality engineering that's happening today, and this series will take a deep dive into content from Capgemini's recent World Quality Report. If you find our podcasts informative, please link them on SoundCloud and share them with your network of colleagues. Today, we're going to start a conversation about intelligent automation. Joining me are Archie Robestoff, the product director for UFT and LoadRunner at Microfocus, and Jeff Smith, a manager with Capgemini's financial services technology practice. Archie, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and Microfocus? Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. My name is Archie Robostov. I've been uh, in this industry for about 15 years, been with Microfocus for about the same. Um, And uh, Microfocus is an enterprise software company, uh, and we help organizations of uh, size, uh, you know, evolve their technology so that they can meet the needs of today's market. So we help many organizations evolve, run, and transform their business. So about 40,000 customers been around since about 1976 and have an end-to-end portfolio that, like I said, helps enterprise organizations uh, run and transform their business. Well, thank you, Archie, and thanks for joining us. Jeff, can you give us a snapshot of what you do for Capgemini? So I work directly for Cap clients at Capgemini. I'm a QS lead in both automation and performance testing. I help implement new technologies. I upskill, train associates, and advise on and achieve different transformation initiatives within the quality services realm. Thank you, Jeff, and thanks to Archie. And um, this should be a really interesting discussion. So let's just jump right into it. So um, first, let's talk about what we mean when we say intelligent automation. By saying intelligent automation, are we by default implying that current automation isn't intelligent? Archie, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, that would be kind of a, a bad thing if uh, a provider of uh, test automation says that their current solutions are not intelligent. So let me uh, uh, let's clarify that a little bit and get into it. So yeah, what we mean by you know trying to be bring more intelligence to automation, it's it's very much like um, trying to bring a little bit more intelligence to driving. Right, the current car today is very sophisticated. It's very safe. It has a lot of capabilities. And you know when we look at adding intelligence, that usually leads to more. Uh, autonomous driving or semi-autonomous driving to, you know, do things like save you from, you know, ramming into the back of the car in front of you and things like that. So it's really about augmenting uh, what we're not able to accomplish or things that just sort of slip under the, you know, slip through the cracks of our, of our day to day. So when it comes to testing, you know, we're finding that current automation right now and the pace of change that's happening at the development layer where you know customers are demanding more things all the time across a wider variety of platforms you know it's just almost impossible for a tester to keep up right so very much like having to keep up with you know uh, all those things that are happening when you're driving or augmenting things that's what we mean by adding more intelligence is adding to the resiliency so things don't break as much and adding to the efficiency of that sort of tester so that they can do a lot more with the little resources that they do have. So that's really what we mean by sort of the intelligence and adding more intelligence to automation. Uh, Jeff, can you add some further insight? Uh, Yeah, so I agree completely. Um, Current automation is very intelligent. It does what it should. It's got, um, serves its purpose. It can test the UI and make sure the application is responding how we expect it to. 
Um, we're even getting into scriptless solutions where we can make testing easier to understand, create, and execute for the non-technical user. We can go behind the UI and test the APIs directly in combination with the UI test to execute tests more efficiently. Um, what we mean by making it more intelligent is the ins and outs of exactly how that test should run and what information we gain from it and how do we improve its efficiency. Okay. Um, so how did we actually come to needing intelligent automation? Were there customer challenges that drove this need for intelligent automation platforms? And, and what are the benefits that they'll provide? And can you also talk about like how automation is becoming more intelligent? And um, why don't we start with you, Jeff? So I believe the core of the challenge is efficiency. The more efficient a system is, the less it's going to cost all around. If an intelligent solution can centralize the automated test suite, and then we can use AI or ML tools to analyze and reduce the redundancies and prioritize the test suite, we can reduce user interaction through automated execution. We can provision the data we need at runtime, stand up the environment, and execute the tests all with little, no in to, little to no interaction. We've created an efficient process which will lower effort and improve the efficiency dramatically. Okay, so that's what we're doing now. But let's talk about the future. Building off of what Jeff said, Archie, how will automation evolve in the future? Will it be more intelligent? <laughs> I sure hope so. Um, the, the joke I always make with uh, our developers is uh, artificial intelligence is they get to build the cool stuff and then they make me seem artificially intelligent because I get to talk about it. But um, I think the best way of kind of figuring out where we're going to go in the future is to kind of just quickly look back of kind of where we came from. Why, how did we get here. So, you know, we got to this point where automation and the cost benefit of automation is somewhat auto, out of whack uh, just because of the sheer scale of what we're having to deal with. I mean, if you think about, you know, back in the long, long ago when we were just all on, you know, Windows PCs, it was a fairly contained environment. Most of the applications were around, you know, maybe a Windows and a Microsoft technology framework. Um, and, you know, you probably had, you know, a nine month cycle to deliver that, that, that a patch or an update to that product. Um, and so testing was fairly easy, right? You could, you know, have manual testing teams. You could probably have, you know, a little bit of automation. It was fine. But if you think about today, I mean, we've got how many different versions of iOS that are out there? How many different versions of Android? How many things are we wearing? Alexa, voice control stuff. So there's just a lot more. And so we kind of see this multiplication happening um, with things that uh, an, an individual tester has to deal with. So one application is not just sort of one transaction we need to test. It's It could be hundreds, if not thousands. And if every time we make a change, to the environment, like we change a button or we change a screen or whatever it might be. And now I have to go and change and impact, you know, hundreds of scripts down the line, we're going to have a problem. I'm going to slow down the overall uh, efficiency. So that's where, you know, this whole notion of things like cross browser testing and using AI to augment that use case where, you know, instead of having to write a test script for five different endpoints and I have to now track those five different things, I only have to write one script and the machine will be more intelligent so that it'll say, okay, I see what you're trying to do. I'm going to go do that in iOS because I know how to deal with that in iOS and I'll take that same thing and go deal with Android and I'll take that same thing and go deal with the browser. So that's where I think the intelligence is in the AI um, pieces are going to pay huge dividends now. But as we move forward, we want to take that a little bit further, right? We would look to see that, you know, maybe we're creating way too many test cases out there that really aren't used in production. So 
I anticipate more of the intelligence happening with, you know, the automatic harvesting of what's actually being used in the real world. What are real users doing? Okay, well, why don't we test that stuff first? And then we can back into our 10,000 regression tests that we're doing. So that's kind of what we're seeing in terms of the, the trend here. You know, more automation of automation, so to speak, um, more things. Um, you know, Jeff had, had alluded to it earlier around the natural language processing. So being able to get more people involved with testing so that I don't necessarily have to be a technical expert to get into testing. I can just talk to the machine like a human would. So more natural language, more automation of automation, more real world usage, more guidance. That's kind of where I'll see things getting, quote, more intelligent if I had to put my, um, you know, sort of my genie hat on looking into the future. So you mentioned a few things that are happening now, right? Because you just talked about the future, but you mentioned a few things happening now. If you had to look at the situation right now, are there more places that a more intelligent automation solution can branch out to? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, if I think about some of the things that could use some some automation, I mean, we're looking at, you know, RPA right now, the robotic process automation market is, you know, it, it's, it's very hot, right? There's a lot of people trying to do interesting things there. And you're taking sort of the core of what automation was doing for uh, testing activities. And now you're sort of taking that same engine and you're automating things that, you know, may have been sort of simple tasks and, you know, they're repetitive error prone tasks that, you know, you had to train people on and it's just kind of, you know, menial work. We'd rather sort of automate those things and let those practitioners, you know, focus on higher value targets like, you know, better customer uh, engagement, uh, better customer support, whatever it might be. So we're seeing the intelligence of our automation branch out and we're seeing good usage in RPA for intelligent process automation um, and the same benefits apply there. Right. So I think the same concept of every time I make a change to one of my applications, my test breaks. Well, if I make a change to that SAP environment, my robotic process might break. So we want to protect against that, too. So I think definitely leveraging it for RPA, leveraging it for, you know, automating those mundane things. And, you know, we, we're starting to see even more um, sort of uh, uh, use cases that are sort of what we call off brand, right? Not necessarily doing uh, what it was designed to do, but just using the same technology for other use cases. So, um, you know, that's where I see things happening now. And Jeff, where do you see things happening now? So personally, I feel that we are doing a good job of using everything that we're able to do currently with scriptless solutions moving into that realm and having, like Archie just said, having non-technical users being able to pick up and create their own automation suites. And it kind of is changing the way the automation engineer role currently works. Um, we're currently moving into how do we really use um, the information that comes out of our tests instead of just interacting with our tests and our code framework directly so when we run our tests we get results from those tests and then they kind of in some places they sit on a file and they don't ever really get looked at again you know we say yep that test passed therefore we're good and then that's the end of that that test but if we keep all those results and we start analyzing them what can we do with that information we can use ai or ml solutions to read trends from that data and change our priorities make sure the tests we are running have the most impact possible um, and it actually reduces the size or suite of that test and shrinks it, makes it so that we can run faster. Um, 
So the intelligent automation to me would provide solutions not only with executing the test, but uh, we can also use the UI or backend to change the way we test with the information we get from our testing. Um, where should we focus the testing? Is there anything that's not being tested? Are we over-testing certain portions of the application? Um, where are those defects coming from and how do we clean those up? Are we seeing certain problem areas? Um, I feel that like we can gain a lot of information from reviewing uh, what the tests we have run and the impact that those tests are having. Listening to all of this, it's just, it's so apparent that we are experiencing rapid change and all this change has to have meaning for what's happening for the typical automation engineer. The skill set absolutely has to be changing and, and do organizations still leverage a centralized test automation team or are the automation engineers being embedded within project teams? Maybe we could talk a little bit about what does this mean for test automation engineer. So Jeff, what do you think? Um, I'm kind of seeing both um, in the interactions that I've had. I currently work in a center of excellence and we have people who are embedded within the project teams that we're trying to move more towards a CI, CD. We're trying to move more towards a DevOps model. Um, we're trying to move more into the project teams and making sure that we have a lot of capabilities within those teams. Um, and that makes sense. Um, I feel that when you're initially taking those steps, though, having the COE team and having someone have a little higher level of knowledge in regards to your framework and code design and all those things, and then pushes those changes down to the individual project teams and make sure that everything stays somewhat centralized and that we can push major changes to those teams and keep a core understanding of how everything is working. Um, I think when you lose focus on the whole, um, you start to have some issues with that. So Automation, though, is really changing um, from what used to be entirely code-based solutions, right? We used to write every single line of code and make sure that we knew exactly everything that it was doing and how it was interacting with the UI or the back end. And now we get into scriptless solutions where we say, go ahead and use common language, uh, create your automated test cases, and then we'll do the job of making sure that the code does what you're expecting it to do when it comes out and we actually execute those tests. Um, so the job of automating individual test cases not really sure is any longer on the automation engineer itself. There are people where the entire QS um, realm, their entire, they're making a big push towards making sure that all those people have knowledge of automation and how to automate those test cases. Um, but switching more to a QA self-service automation support role where we're saying this is our framework and this is how it works. And then once that happens, it's kind of more about how do we implement new technologies and innovations to improve the overall efficiency of testing. You know, we start getting into AI and ML solutions and how those feed into the testing that we're doing, you know, and because we have technical knowledge and those coding abilities, it's kind of an easier switch for us to start moving into those different technologies um, and trying to implement those as well. Um, so when we update the frameworks, we're always gonna need someone who can update and maintain the framework code base, right? But it's really beyond that, how do we use automation in tandem with the other teams that are working on a technical level, such as, you know, the test data creation teams, environment management teams, you know, how do we interact with them and improve the overall process? How do we use the information that we're gathering from our tests to improve testing as a whole and reduce costs and reduce and improve efficiency? It does seem like there's a lot of opportunity, though, for automation engineers. I mean, it seems like you know, with all this change, it brings a lot of opportunity. Um, Archie, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I 100% agree with uh, what Jeff has said. And I think, you know, I think the role of the center of excellence um, and that centralized test automation team has has evolved as well in, in a very good way. 
right? I think originally they were the ones that did everything, right? We had to wait till the end of the cycle and give them, uh, you know, everything and wait for them to come back. And, you know, it was very much a back and forth type thing. And then they moved on to becoming more advisors, right? So as these um, sort of tests started to get embedded more into the agile team, sort of in more DevOps practices, um, you started to see their role change to more advisory, like, hey, we have these tools, you should be using these things because it's more appropriate for what you're trying to do. And now they've evolved into being more of a, uh, more collaborators, right? So now it's very collaborative. So you're seeing, you know, when we had this shift left, shift right, I mean, we, we say that we need to shift everywhere, right? So now we're starting to see things like, you know, the center of excellence is, is really advising these individual teams. They're setting up frameworks so they can reuse things like open source modules, use commercial automation modules, create models that now developers can fill in the blanks in between each of the boxes, you know, and so that's where we're seeing a big evolution from these teams that used to be kind of back and forth. Now they're all at the same time working together. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think the second thing that we're going to see that's going to impact these these quote testers because testers come in a variety of shapes and sizes whether you call them automation engineers or full stack developers doesn't matter um, what we're going to be seeing there is we want them to have access to all the facilities they need to do the job without having to become yet another expert in something else right if you think about sort of the the, the typical full stack developer they got a lot on their plate Right. They have to do, you know, all the unit testing. They have to write their own code. They have to do all their all. I mean, now they're even asking they're being asked to do security testing. Right. So what we want to do is provide them all the facilities to be able to become a professional tester without actually having to be a professional tester. So the best analogy I can use is like um, it's like TurboTax. Right. The you know, when when we go to do our taxes here in the US, I used to have to go pay a specialist. I needed someone that went to school to to train specifically for years to do this. Now I do it myself because the application is so sophisticated, does all the heavy lifting for me and it, quote, kind of dumbs it down so that I can understand it. Now, I don't want to dumb anything down or I don't want to call developers dumb, but I want to do effectively that same thing. And so that if they need to be able to, uh, if they have to write a script or if they have to write a test, I want to do it in the most natural way for them, whether that's, you know, their natural language or um, uh a technology that they know or a language that they know like Python or whatever it might be. So I do suspect that we'll start seeing more of that. The tools will do more of the heavy lifting. The intelligence will get smarter so that these people don't necessarily have to become, quote, experts, uh, but they can definitely do the job of experts because absolutely, in this case, the more the merrier. We need everybody participating in testing in automation and in quality because that's the only way we're going to overcome that scale issue uh, and that chaos that I talked about earlier. So that's where I see things going along with everything that kind of Jeff had said as well. Well, thank you, Archie and Jeff. This wraps up our podcast today. And thank you for joining me in this third podcast in our series. To our listeners, you can go on SoundCloud and all major podcast apps and search, listen, and subscribe to Capgemini's Back to the Future, Today's Quality Engineering Today podcast series with MicroFocus. We'll be back soon with a new podcast that expands more on this topic of intelligent automation. But in the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com. To download the report and to learn more about MicroFocus, please visit microfocus.com. Thanks for listening.